Welcome to another episode of Good Value by Antipodes. Tech stocks have borne the brunt of the recent sell-off in equity markets. And while the Nasdaq is firmly in bear market territory, unprofitable tech stocks have been hit the hardest, down almost 60% this year. Now, not all growth stocks are genuine disruptors. But given the recent market moves, there will be category leaders that have fallen to attractive valuations relative to their long-term growth profile. And as a pragmatic value manager, this is interesting to us. I'm Alison Savas. On this episode of the Good Value Podcast, we're diving into Seagate Technology, a US tech business founded in the 70s when typewriters still dominated and Apple and Microsoft were little-known startups. Seagate took off as its hard disk drives used in some very early IBM computers played a major role in the development of the PC industry. IBM is busy marketing its new small computer. It plays bridge, it plays checkers, it balances checkbooks, it can be used for a typewriter. But Seagate and the industry's revenues have declined over the last decade. Hard disk drives lost share to NAND or flash drives in PCs, tablets and smartphones, which were the bulk of end-demand. And that's because NAND drives can store and retrieve information faster than hard disk drives. But as a leader in mass market storage, Seagate is evolving. The world is becoming more data intensive. We all hear about data being stored in the cloud. And what that really means is data is stored at data centres. And Seagate is a beneficiary of this trend. The cloud, or the enterprise segment, has replaced the PC as Seagate's dominant contributor to revenue and earnings, which should see the company return to growth. And today, Seagate is priced at just eight times next year's earnings. So in this episode, we're going to do things a little differently to give you a comprehensive deep dive into Seagate's business. In part one, I'm joined by Gianluca Romano, Executive Vice President and CFO of Seagate, to discuss the evolution of the company and the opportunities that lie ahead. Then in part two, you'll hear from Graham Hay, Antipodes Portfolio Manager of Hardware, Industrials and Commodities. Graham and I discussed the Seagate investment case and how the company fits into Antipodes' portfolio. I hope you enjoy our discussions. Good afternoon, Gianluca, and thanks for coming on the Antipodes Good Value podcast. You're usually in California, but today you are joining us from Singapore. Thank you, Alison, and thank you for inviting me today. So I wanted to start our chat with your elevator pitch. You know, how would you sum up Seagate's core business operations today? And take us through how the Seagate of today looks different from the Seagate of old. Well, Seagate is a a global technology leader in data storage and in infrastructure solution. We have more than 40 years of innovation, and this is witnessed by our more than 7,000 patents worldwide. Through our history, we have uh, successfully served different kinds of businesses. About 10 years ago, the business was mainly focused on consumer and PC uh, markets, which made more than 70% of our revenue. While today, more than 75% of our RDS revenue is actually coming from mass capacity storage solution that include uh, not only the cloud and the enterprise OEM, mm. but also include video and image application and uh, network attached storage. 
I would say what, I, what is a big difference between uh, those two segments. Um, of course, in the past, the PC business was based on low capacity drive, but with the time has uh, been replaced by a new technology, mainly the NAND technology. While the, the, the mass capacity segment is based on high capacity drive, um, now 10 terabyte, 12 terabyte up to what we are actually ramping today, that is a 20 terabyte drive. It's very different. There is uh, no competition between the two technology mm -hmm. at this level of um, aerial density. Mm -hmm. And that say is very, is very important for, uh, for the industry, for the RDS industry, and of course for Seagate, that is the leader in this industry today. And is, uh, no, I think is what we, we are focusing more for the future. And uh, no, and we expect a lot of growth in terms of exabyte and revenue from from the mass capacity segment. Now you mentioned exabyte capacity, and and that refers to the demand for data to be stored on hard disk drives. Yeah. So how quickly is exabyte capacity growing? Yes, for the mass capacity segment, we have said in the past we expect a growth between 30 and 35 percent of CAGR. And uh, no, this is very important is uh, that the time, the revenue time is actually supposed to double every you know, five years or so. So it's a great opportunity for, uh, for the industry. And of course, as a, as a leader in the industry, we want to take the full benefit of, of this opportunity and continue to work with our customer to be sure they are successful and also to be sure we can optimize our result, our profitability, and our return on the investment that uh, we have done in the past and we are doing now. The world we are living in is becoming increasingly connected. At Antipodes, as our longer-term listeners would be aware, we think about our portfolio as a collection of clusters. And one of the larger clusters is connectivity and compute, where we're looking to get exposure to this extraordinary growth in data while remaining disciplined around valuations. And that's where Seagate comes in. You know, at the heart of Seagate is data. Can you take us through some of the trends you see emerging in data creation and storage? Yes, I would say the, the ongoing growth in data is driving this secular demand for the mass capacity storage that we have just discussed. The data um, is supporting very new applications like uh, artificial intelligence, machine learning, autonomous vehicles, smart cities, smart factories. All these new applications require massive, massive volume of data. And we are just at the beginning uh, of the utilization of those new applications. So we will see the data creation continue to grow very rapidly in the next few years. And all that data has to be stored first in artist drive mm. and then analyzed. This is why we are confident in the growth in terms of exabyte force and of course uh, in terms of revenue for, uh, for the industry and for Seagate in particular. And let's spend a little bit of time on market structure. So the hard disk drive industry is quite consolidated. Can you explain the competitive dynamics and also how you see supply evolving? Yeah, the industry has consolidated in the last uh, almost 20 years. Um, the artist industry uh, was including about 15 players 
and now it's down to three. So it's a major consolidation. Out of those three, as I said before, Seagate is a clear leader right now. Um, between Seagate and the major competitor, I would say we cover 80% of the exabyte demand. So there is a big difference between the mm. top two competitor and, and, the, and the third player. Mm. I think this is very important because of this transition from the legacy products to the mass capacity pro uh, products, this industry needs to have a certain level of discipline in terms of capital and, uh, and capex in particular. I would say uh, the industry is actually going into that direction. Probably a couple of quarters ago, uh, I was seeing a very good alignment between supply and demand. Uh, this was maybe just before the new wave of COVID in China and the war in Ukraine. Mm. But no, we are we are fairly close. So I'm I'm really positive for uh, for where this industry will be in the future in terms of, of good alignment between supply and demand and what that means in terms of uh, of revenue, profitability, and and cash flow. Mm -hmm. And. It's also not just about competition in hard disk drives, is it? But also competition with flash memory. Can you touch on the use case of hard disk drives versus flash and perhaps also touch on the cost differential between the two? Yes, I would say that competition was more in the past when uh, the vast majority of uh, the business was based on PC and, uh, and consumer. Right now, in the part of the business that is growing, so in the mass capacity part of the business, I'm talking about you know, the high capacity drives, the above 10 terabyte per, uh, per drive. I would say it's not really a competition. I would say the two um, technologies are actually, um, are actually living together in, in uh, for example, in a data center, where you have different kind of application for the two technologies. You have the hard disk that is covered basically all the storage. And we know today 90% of the storage is actually done on hard disk. But in front of the hard disk, you have the NAND and you have the SSD that is used not to do storage, it's used to do the performance part of the application where you need a certain level of speed and where you need to have a um, certain level of performance to provide the analytics and the compute that the data center uh, are, are providing to their customers. So they are more complementary than, uh, mm. than trying to you know, replace one with the other. In different kind of uh, application like APC, of course, uh, is, more, uh, is more replacement. And uh, we are happy that uh, our you know, the legacy part of the business now is less and less material to the overall revenue of the company. You know, it went from uh, 70 plus percent maybe five years ago to 25 percent of the artist revenue today. So it's, uh, it's important to us in terms of, uh, of free cash flow contribution, but it's becoming less and less material mm -hmm. in terms of revenue impact and, uh, and profitability. Let's spend some time on Seagate's technology roadmap and just in high level terms, 
and why Seagate believes it can sustain a leadership position. Yes, I would say today, the main technology is called PMR or Perpendicular Magnetic Recording. This is a technology that uh, now we have used and the industry has used for several years. Um, is a technology that we are using for our 16 terabyte, 18 terabyte, 20 terabyte today. It's a very good technology, but is also arriving a little bit at the end of its own life and is becoming more and more difficult to increase aerial density, so to increase the capacity on, uh, on a disk with this technology. Um, now we are leader today in this technology, so we are taking all the benefit from this technology, but at the same time, we have developed what is it, what we believe is the technology of the future that is called HAMMER or heated assisted magnetic recording. With this new technology, you can increase the aerial density of the disk. And so if you look at the you know, more recent PMR drive that is based on a you know, 20 terabyte per unit, with HAMMER, you can have 30 terabyte, 40 terabyte, 50 terabyte, and even more in the future. This is why it's so important. And this can be achieved without adding more disk to the, to the unit. It's really an aerial density. So increasing the capacity of each of the disk inside the, the art disk that we have today. Is, a, is obviously a very complicated technology. It took uh, Seagate more than 10 years to develop. Um, we, are, uh, no, we are very close to our new product. We already have one product, so we have proven the technology with a 20 terabyte Emmer technology that we have uh, provided to our customers so they can you know, start testing um, this product and see what kind of changes they have eventually um, need to do in their data center. But really, we will ramp more uh, with the next product that will be a, a 30 terabyte hammer in, uh, no, in the near future. Mm. So that's really critical, isn't it? Because um, it's increasing the capacity of each disk, which is, which is what we need given the volume of data uh, that needs to be stored. And it's also then, as a result, it's, it's decreasing the cost per bit for the customer, isn't it? And that really is the critical measure. And if cost per unit of memory can continue to fall, um, that cements the, the demand for hard disk drives. You know, um, so I think, is that the right way of thinking about it? Absolutely. So as you said, we don't need to add a lot of bill of material to the, to the current hard disk in terms of you know, number of disk and number of heads will be very similar, probably the same that we have today. Of course, we need to add a laser to the head, to the write and read heads, and you know, some other components, but you're right that in terms of uh, cost per terabyte, Emmer is a technology that will allow a big decrease in cost, and, uh, and so also in TCO for our customers. But I think it's very important to understand that this is also the way for Seagate to improve profitability. So we want to generate a good TCO to our customer, of course, and continue to improve that for their success. But we also want to increase our profitability and, uh, and optimize our, you know, our operation and our return on the investment that has been 
very high on this technology for many, many years. Mm-mm. Let's talk supply chains. And you did touch on this earlier in, in one of your prior comments. Uh, it, it isn't a secret that supply chains have become more complex over the last few years. You know, we, we, first we had those disruptions from COVID, uh, the, the original wave of COVID, and now the Russia-Ukraine crisis and lockdowns in China have created a second supply side shock. How have these issues affected your business, uh, particularly the recent lockdowns in China? Yes, the supply chain is very complicated. I think is uh, it has been very complicated since yeah. more than two years at this point. Uh, every quarter there is something new. Yeah. Every quarter there is uh, no a new issue to solve. I think Seagate has done a very good job in uh, navigating all those challenges quarter after quarter. I would say we have also been a little bit lucky uh, in terms of COVID impact in our own factories. We never had uh, no, a major issue. And of course, now we have take all the safety measures to avoid that to happen, but you also need a little bit of luck. And uh, no, right now, um, we are back with a new wave of COVID in, in China and the war in Ukraine. So all those are complication to the business. Uh, we, we believe, we are, we are sure those are temporary impact and uh, we always work for the long term. We have, uh, despite all those impact, I think we have uh, uh, done like five consecutive quarters of record in our nearline part of the business. So the, the cloud and the um, enterprise OEM. So that part continued to be very, very strong despite all those complications. And this is a part that will continue to improve and drive the success of the hard disk in, uh, in the future. In the short term, we need to tackle all those complications, especially for us, uh, the major complication is, uh, is China and the situation of, of COVID in China, because we have a, a good part of our business in the, in the mass capacity part of the business, that is for video and image application, where you actually need uh, people to install all those you know, cameras and, and other parts of the application. So, of course, if they are limited in their uh, in their work, we cannot uh, we cannot really increase our our results there. But again, I think it's temporary and. Uh, and it will be good in the future. This is a part of the business that we are really focused on. It has been very strong for us in the, in the recent past, and uh, we think it will be good again in the, in the near future. This is a smart city business, isn't it, Gianluca? Yes. It's not only smart city, you know, it can also be, for example, smart factory. So also in, in our side, you know, we, we use smart factory that is based on video recording of what is going through the line and and try to catch quality defect or any process deviation through this automation that is done through a video. So it's not only you know, the smart city, but it's also smart factories. But I think is actually a part of the business that will continue to evolve because you know, the results are really good and, uh, and the automation is great. And right now it's been a little bit delayed. Um, those projects are not going to um, 
they are not going away, are just being delayed uh, by the new COVID wave. And uh, we think, you know, hopefully in the next uh, few weeks and few months, we will be over this, this new problem. Mm-hmm. And finally, looking at your financials, Seagate generates a lot of cash, just under $2 billion US dollars per annum. What has that meant by way of shareholder returns over recent years? And how do you expect to manage your cash flows going forward? Well, free cash flow has always been the priority, uh, I would say at least for the last three years. And it's still our priority. Now, we focus on many metrics, the revenue growth, the improved profitability, of course, the bottom line, but free cash flow is always our priority. The main reason why we focus so much on, uh, on free cash flow is because we have a very strong capital return program in terms of dividend that we have actually increased every year for the last three years. And also in terms of share buyback, where we are a little bit more uh, opportunistic. Uh, so we don't do the same level of share buyback every quarter, but we are always very active. And uh, I think in the last five years, we have returned about $9 billion between dividend and share buyback. So it's a very important part for us. Uh, we think our shareholders have to be um, rewarded and get a good return on the investment. If you look at the TSR for uh, the last one year, two years or three years, I think it's a very good level uh, no, for, for almost every metric. So we are, we are proud of our capital return program and of course we want to continue. And Gianluca, we know that in a backdrop of high discount rates, there is a greater focus on companies that can produce consistent, predictable and even growing free cash flows. So Gianluca, thank you for joining me today and for sharing your insights with us. Thank you, Edison. And uh, of course, always available to join you whenever, uh, whenever you like. Thank you. Graham, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks, Alison. So you've heard the discussion with Gianluca and I think there were some pretty interesting insights. What's really evident to me is that when you strip it all back, Seagate is a simple story around rising data consumption. So I'm going to give you my three key takeaways. The first is the scale of the growth in data. Gianluca suggested that exabyte capacity could grow over 30% per annum. We are increasing the amount of content we stream. Workloads are continuing to shift to the cloud. And then there's the new applications Gianluca called out, such as artificial intelligence, machine learning, autonomous vehicles. And all of this underwrites that long-term demand for hard disk drives. The next was the industry structure. The industry has consolidated down to effectively two players, and hard disk drives cover 90% of the storage requirements for the enterprise or data center customer segment. And this is a growing end market. And finally, it's Seagate's new hammer technology. You know, this could see the capacity of each disk double, which is great for customers as cost per bit will fall. And it could also be meaningful to Seagate's profitability if the company can produce these larger disks without adding much to the manufacturing cost. So, Graham, I'm not sure if there's any takeaways you'd add to that, but you've been following Seagate for many years. So what do you see as the major pillars supporting Seagate's investment case? 
Well, I think you touched on them, Alison. Um, the first one, of course, is just the the scale of, of data uh, growth and consumption that we uh, that we are seeing um, as we connect more and more things, and as more of our lives go digital, um, the rate of data uh, production is growing exponentially. Um, and Seagate are at the forefront of enabling that with their low-cost storage solutions, as John Lucas suggested. Um, the the cloud really you can think of as as one large disk disk drive in the sky, mm-hmm. um, and that market, as we know, is is growing quite quickly. Um, Seagate are very well positioned to capitalise on that. And the other point you mentioned is industry structure. Uh, part of the reason we we're attracted to Seagate is this industry has been through uh, a couple of decades now of consolidation. Um, and left two and a half players remaining, um, both of whom earn very handsome returns on invested capital mm. um, and are now positioned to capitalise on um, the developments that we've just talked about re- regarding data growth. And what's your take on the Hammer technology? You know, Seagate has been developing this technology for some time now. Does the company have a genuine lead over the number two Western Digital? We think it does. Um, the initial research uh, that we did into the company ahead of our investment um, showed that uh, Seagate had been working on this new iteration of recording technology uh, for over 10 years. They've published numerous white papers um, explaining the roadmap as they went, um, and they've delivered the first products to customers for evaluation. So the commercialization of Hammer technology um, is, 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 very, uh, is very near, um, and it does represent a step change in the capacity that uh, Seagate can deliver to customers. Uh, John Luca mentioned the ability to eventually scale up to to 100 terabyte drives at some point, probably towards the end of this decade. But um, that step change will um, further move Seagate down the cost curve uh, and make them that much more competitive relative to their uh, uh, main hard drive competitor. And will open up new applications for data because the cost of data and storing that data is, is falling at a much faster rate. Now, Graham, no investment case is perfect, otherwise it would be priced accordingly. So in terms of the challenges facing the company, uh, you know, the long-term demand for hard disk drives does look well-supported, but what about the near term? There is some concern over demand from the customer segment, the consumer segment, such as um, PCs and handsets. So I'm interested to hear your views uh, on Seagate's risks and challenges. Yeah, Seagate is uh, the sort of company where you have uh, probably better visibility uh, on what's going to happen in five years than you do uh, in six months. Um, Whilst the the growth story is there, um, they do operate in markets that can be volatile. Uh, We've seen the effects of COVID and China lockdowns, the war in Ukraine, take a very heavy toll on on, uh, much of the uh, technology landscape. Uh, Seagate have, against that backdrop, delivered very good results. But more recently, we have seen a slowdown in some of their core end markets. Um, um, It was mentioned the impact that the lockdowns were having in Shanghai on the ability to install some of the smart city applications, for instance. That is having a flowback effect on the supply chain and hard drive industry. Uh, We know that the the PC industry went through a a mini boom as everyone um, enabled themselves to work from home. That brought forward demand for... Uh, for hard drives to a certain extent. So there are some short-term um, hurdles to, to get over um, and the share price is duly corrected this year um, and, and part of the reason we think it's interesting to mention today is because of that correction. But um, as we look forward to sort of next year and, and certainly in the years beyond that, 
the underlying drivers of, of data growth and, and shift of workloads to the cloud really are cri- uh, critically enabled by Seagate um, and, and, and underwrite the growth story that we see you know, over that multi-year time horizon. Mm. And Graham, finally, Seagate, you know, as you just mentioned, Seagate has been swept up in the sale of mid-cap tech stocks. Uh, it is a holding in the Antibodies Connectivity and Compute Cluster, and that entire cluster forms around 13% of the global portfolios. Can you touch on how Seagate fits in amongst some of the other key holdings in that cluster? Yeah, sure. I mean, the first thing to mention with Seagate is that whilst the, the business is likely to be challenged in the, in the very short term, uh, the stock today uh, yields close to 4%. And if you look at the history of capital management uh, within the group, <clears throat> over the last five years, the company have retired about 35% of their share count, averaging about 5.5% per year. So uh, this is a company where um, uh, management have a very strong track record of reinvesting back in the business. They do so at uh, periods where the share price and valuation are low, and the benefits come through to shareholders um, in, uh, on a magnified basis you know, in the, in the years when the business starts to recover. So the timing, we think, today is quite interesting um, to, to revisit the story. Um, where, does it, where does it sit within our broader connectivity and compute footprint? Well, we have a range of securities that play to that same theme. Um, I would say that Seagate is, you know, our, our key sort of uh, da- data-related play. Uh, we have companies like, such as TSMC, which um, whose, whose foundry capacity is enabling... Um, all of the latest and greatest applications uh, from uh, high-performance computing, uh, 5G smartphones, autonomous driving applications. Uh, We have companies like MediaTek who are evolving quickly from their history as a a Tier 2 handset chip company to being a multi-product Tier 1 design house spanning Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, networking, uh, and, of course, smartphones. Um, Seagate sits on the... Uh, on the data side of, of things um, and complements nicely some of, some of our other holdings in that cluster. Thanks, Graham. It's always great to hear your views. I hope you've enjoyed these insights from both Gianluca Romano, Executive Vice President and CFO of Seagate, and Graham Hay, Antipodes Portfolio Manager. For more information on Antipodes or our insights, head to antipodes.com or follow us on LinkedIn or Twitter. And remember to subscribe to this podcast so you can get an alert as soon as our next episode goes live in a few weeks. Please remember this content is general information only. It is not advice of any kind and doesn't take into account your personal financial situation, objectives or needs. You should seek professional advice before making any financial decisions.